Welcome. I trust you're doing well. This is a little bit different introduction to the podcast. I've just finished recording the episode, which is just shy of 40 minutes long. And as I'm listening back to it before I publish, I had a hunch that my audio was not working properly based on the visual input I get when I speak into my microphone. But at a few points in this podcast, I noticed that the audio cuts out. So I ask for your grace. I'm still going to publish this without any edits, but it's going to come across in a few portions as if it was edited because of the malfunction. I will begin working on the repairs that I need to, to make sure this doesn't happen in the future. But I thank you for your time. I ask for your grace. Enjoy the show. I love you. Thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, our podcast at Ararat Physiology. We like to open each show by asking for prayers. If you have prayers, please email them to us at prayer at erratphysiology.com. We want to be a source for you, a source of comfort, a source of challenge, and another addition to the prayers that you receive in your circle. Today's episode is an interesting one. It's a good time for me to share stories from roughly, what would that be, 10 years ago? And I'm going to start by asking you a question. What is your biblical calling in this life? We're going to expound upon different parts of that question as we move on. And I'm going to show you how I came to understand my calling in this life. Our mission is to serve men. Today I've added specifically those encountered, specifically those encountering lustful issues in this world, roughly between the ages of 20 and 40. I'm nearing the age of 40 myself. Been through a lot. Most of my 20s, probably my entire 20s, and the beginning of my 30s, I lusted a lot, not just with women, but also with objects, whether they be houses, cars, electronics, technology, you name it. And we want to serve those men who have ever felt persecuted over their God-given qualities. We understand that men in this day and age are in a difficult period of time. Lustful opportunities are around us everywhere. You can't hardly drive a mile without seeing a billboard uh, that is geared via marketers to your sinful desires. You can't hardly turn on the TV for more than about 30 seconds without coming across something that is geared to stimulate those lustful desires. We understand biblically that The Bible tells men, provides men, 
adequate instructions on how they are to behave and how they are to act. Truth be told, much more than adequate, it gives us everything we need. Which is why through our anecdotal experiences in the scholastic truth of the Bible, we teach how God's word impacts every facet of our lives. Because it does. It does impact every facet of our lives. Why do we feel the need to create this podcast? Why do we feel the need to be here supporting? Well, we've been through stuff. We don't feel that you need a specific degree in something to disciple on something. Is it wise to have a specific title, a specific degree? Perhaps if that aligns with your calling with what we're talking about today. But our experiences are valuable too. So even though by nature... I am a strength and conditioning coach. I am a professor. I am an entrepreneur. I most importantly am a teacher. And this goes to Ephesians 4.11. We'll talk about that in a little bit today. I am a teacher. And it is my job based on my experience, my education, to teach others. To disciple others. We're all called to disciple But the avenue in which we disciple might look different, depending if you're a teacher, a prophet, evangelist, etc. But we know that we are faced with a current societal problem that it is so easy for marketing and the tactics of this society to overtake us and to destroy us. We must recognize that they are evil tactics and their first intention is to get you to focus on them more than the Bible. We believe we have an answer. Again, through our experience and our training, we aim to serve brothers and sisters with authenticity in the midst of change through our calling in ministry as teachers. What I'd like to update is there are plenty of sisters listening to this show and and I want to keep it that way and I want to be of value, but I want to also recognize that in service to our brothers, we will thereby service sisters. Because of the nature of this show and who I am, most of the advice is going to be applicable to brothers. And if those brothers are married, It will be applicable to their sisters. If a sister is listening to this, it will be applicable in who she's looking for, for a husband in the future. We are self-sponsored. Our company is Ararat Physiology. Our website is self-titled, araratphysiology.com. Again, as I mentioned in the first episode, Ararat, A-R-A, R-A-T is named after Mount Ararat in Genesis of the Bible. We offer blog-style articles that accompany our podcast. We offer non-fiction donations on what can be offered to support us. The one we are currently working on is A Year Without Television. That book is going to be about the sinful nature of what comes through our television and how much we want to accept or limit 
that exposure to our family. My career has been in the field of strength and conditioning. I am a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. We've just added two new programs to the list of programs we have, lacrosse and soccer. If you are interested in another sport or even something personal for you, uh, please let us know. Please reach out. If you go to arrowretphysiology.com slash programs, you will find at the bottom a additional programs that may be more applicable to you. The upcoming focus of our business is going to be mainly within courses. Eventually, we want that to be sort of the main course of our business. Didn't mean to duplicate course there. That's kind of funny. The main course is our courses. The two courses that we're working on right now are Bare Bones Anatomy and Bare Bones Physiology. They are going to be introductory levels of anatomy and physiology separated. One class will focus primarily on anatomy and the other class will focus primarily on physiology. Now we know that you can't separate anatomy and physiology completely, but we're doing our best to do that. This is a common approach with colleges and universities. Either you separate your first semester and second semester, first semester and second semester uh, with sort of a first half of a textbook, second half of a textbook. We're gonna take the approach of anatomy and then physiology. We think it works well that way. And we hope to, hope to offer those courses soon. We hope to offer them on our website and no longer through a third party. More on that in the shows to come. You're listening to this Discipleship Conditioning Podcast, which is our faith-based podcast. It's another service that we offer. In addition to that, we offer uh, true discipleship conditioning one-on-one in a form of a coaching program. So we call this podcast Discipleship Conditioning because we are trying to condition our brothers and sisters through discipleship. We call our coaching Discipleship Conditioning because we have the same goals, but we're able to focus on one individual as opposed to a general podcast. For those of you that are local in the Boise, Idaho area, we have a summer camp that will be held in Greenleaf, Idaho. That is for ages 5 to 18. It is with the focus to improve athletic performance. And uh, we're really looking forward to that and hope you can join us for that. For any of these things, we are a growing business and we would appreciate your review. We would appreciate your uh, reference. If you're willing to refer us to people in need of a service that we offer, we would greatly appreciate that. We feel convicted that social media is not the answer for us. We feel convicted that social media does more harm than it does good. So while on social media, you will see me continue to publish uh, when an episode is live and publish Bible verses, um, we we aren't going to spend much time in social media outside of that. The quickest way to get a hold of us is through our emails. We respond to our emails faster than we do social media. Truth be told, we log on social media about once per day where we check emails who knows how many times. I read a report the other day that estimates that people uh, check their emails 37 times per day. Uh, Probably pretty close to that for us. The point is, 
that's the fastest way to correspond with us. And so if you have an inquisition, reach out at hello at erroretphysiology.com. Again, if you need prayer, reach out at prayer at erroretphysiology.com or simply visit our website, erroretphysiology.com and explore what we have to offer. Please review, please referral that to others as asked prior. So the part of the show that matters is the Bible. And that's what we're going to get to now. We're going to focus on 2 Peter 1, 10 through 11. Again, I read from the ESV Bible. Here is 2 Peter 1, 10 through 11. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The first part of that that I would like to highlight is confirming your calling and election or confirm your calling and election. Again, I'm going to re-ask the question, what is your biblical calling in this life? What has God provided for you? Now, sometimes that isn't easily discernible, but I promise you it's always there. We just have to have open ears, correct ears to identify it. So let me tell you a little bit of a story on how I came to realize what my calling is. It wasn't an overnight experience for me. It wasn't an all-in-one moment for me. It was over the course of time. But from the age 20 to about 27, I worked as a telecommunications technician. I installed cable, and I was, I was good at what I did. The reason I was good at what I did wasn't because uh, I was meant to be a cable technician. It was because, at that time, being very secular, relying mainly on the ethical code that my dad provided me as a child, I was so steadfast and focused on doing the right thing and taking pride in my work. I believed that if I did that, good things would come. At this point in time, Jesus was removed from my life. If you asked me if I believed in him, I would have said yes. If you asked me if I was Christian, I would have said yes. But looking back on it, I was far from it. I was a very lost individual. Coping with my own trauma, as we've talked about in previous episodes, and coping with day-to-day life. Despite putting forth my best effort on a day-to-day basis, exceeding expectations, and generally doing more work than my peers, I was kept in the field because of my value in the field. Promotions were resisted. Progress up the corporate ladder was resisted because of my value in the field. I took this very personal and I sunk into a deep depression. I actually took time off of work back-to-back years over mental health issues. I entered counseling And this was the one and only point in my life that I was suicidal. One day, coming home from work, I got into the house. I came into the bedroom 
walked into the closet and just collapsed and just sobbed and shaked uncontrollably for I don't know how long. I was I was spent. I had given everything I could to something that didn't matter. I gave everything I could to an earthly experience. I was so desperately trying to define myself by what I did for work. Brother, if that's you, I can give you a laundry list of people that I know, including family and friends, that define themselves the same way. And I'm telling you that it's wrong. It's wrong. There are great experiences and treasures that are awaiting us in our true home. The earth is not our true home. So anytime you put your faith, you put your purpose in something of this world, you are going to be disappointed. This was my first major lesson in what God had provided for me and what my biblical calling was. Albeit, at that time, I had no clue this had anything to do with Christianity. So what did I do? I quit. I quit very spontaneously. My friends at uh, this previous employment will enjoy this story. They seem to enjoy it every time I tell it. Uh, But I had been wanting to quit for probably three years. One day, in driving to work, it was really heavy on my heart that I needed to escape. And I battled with myself back and forth just as I had been battling with myself for years. I was taught that you don't leave a job until you have another one. So the thought of putting my two weeks notice in seemed ridiculous because I didn't have something else to fall back on. At least I didn't see it as that. See, I was a full-time college student at the time too. So what I elected to do was to fall back on college. I was in my second semester of my freshman year at university after getting an associate's degree. My associate's degree did not pair with my bachelor's degree, so I was essentially starting over in freshman year. And uh, I I knew the direction that I, I wanted to head. And so I decided to put all my eggs in the college basket and focus on that. And one day at work, it was a Monday, uh, I, I walked in and did the things within the office I needed to. I don't really recall having conversation with people. Um, there was a hallway that I'd walk through to exit the building and go out to my uh, truck. And then I would begin my route for the day. And at the end of the hallway or close to, there's sort of a fork in the road. And in that fork, you can go left and you can head down to three offices. And one of those offices was the general manager. Or you could keep going straight along the fork and you could head outside and continue your day. And there probably is security camera footage of this somewhere. And I really wish I had it because I bet it would be quite comical. I reached the fork and I stopped. And I literally shrugged my shoulders and said, okay. Truth be told, I said something different, but my language was different back in those days. So I took a left and I walked down to the general manager's office, 
explained the situation and informed her that I would no longer be working for the organization. I would honor two weeks, but uh, no more. And uh, to my surprise, there wasn't much of a, a fight. The general manager accepted it and said, okay. And I went about my day. The first person to call me about it wasn't until the next day, uh, but word quickly spread thereafter. And uh, over that week, I had multiple conversations with friends and coworkers on why I was doing what I was doing. At that time, God was calling me to educate myself in college, but I didn't see it as a, as a godly thing. I didn't see it as a, uh, a, a biblical detour on my life. I was still very internally focused. I was still focused on what I wanted. And truth be told, at the time, I really just wanted to be away from that environment. It had led me to suicidal, suicidal experiences. I didn't want that in my life anymore. Those that knew me during that period of time, many of which still know me, can speak that that was a very rough time. I was not myself. So two weeks later, Friday came. It was in February of 2013. Can't remember the exact day. I want to say it was like the 19th, but uh, I'm not sure. If I go back on a calendar, I could tell you, but it doesn't matter. Um, I was overwhelmed with work that last day, and uh, I kind of just chuckled on the amount of work they gave me on the last day. I suppose they were going to get their money out of me while they still could. And it was, it was good because it was reaffirming on the reason why I was leaving. Got a ride home from a coworker, left my truck at the office because it belonged to them. Got a ride home from a coworker and that was it. Had some celebratory beverages with some close friends thereafter, but for the most part, that was it. I was off to focus on college full-time. Now, if you're willing to pay for your schooling and whatever degree you got previously, whether it be your high school diploma, an associate's, bachelor's, whatever, getting into college isn't all that difficult. You may not be accepted into Harvard and Yale, but there's going to be a college out there that will accept you. And if you prove yourself, you'll be just fine. And that's what I did. I took my ethics and I worked as hard at college as I did at my telecommunications position. In doing that, I set myself up for continual pitfalls. Continual pitfalls to be putting my faith, putting my purpose in what I was doing as opposed to the creator of the universe. And so even though I was temporarily happy, I was destined to fail. It was just a matter of time. The one thing that I did, which really didn't have anything to do with money because it was a voluntary position, the one thing that I did that really paid dividends for my spirit that was service-based as opposed to selfishness-based. And this occurred during that last week on the job at my telecommunications company. I want to say it was Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. During lunch, 
I got out my phone, computer, whatever I had with me, I don't remember. And I started searching for uh, coaches that had started coaching football uh, new that year. In most high schools across the country, February is a time where uh, new head coaches will be hired. And I knew that if I had an opportunity to coach, it would be most easily found with a new staff that was forming the staff. And so I ignored all of the high schools in the area that had uh, head coaches that had been there for more than a year. And I narrowed my search down to two schools, both in Meridian, Idaho, that had new head coaches brand new that year. One of which in speaking to uh, understanding that I was in a bachelor's of exercise science, I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach, was willing to give me an opportunity. It wasn't a paid position, willing to give me an opportunity to be basically the guy for strength and conditioning. The other high school had someone in place and said, I could learn from that person and I could be their assistant. Uh, But again, it was not a paid position. I turned the first offer down because I didn't know what I was doing. And I knew I didn't know what I was doing. I had a pretty good idea of what to do from a personal standpoint, because I'd done personal training for about a year at that point. But I was just starting to learn the ins and outs of strength and conditioning. So I elected to go with the second offer. That actually turned into a paid position in three months. I was not expecting that. And it actually was a metamorphosis of my business. The business of Ararat Physiology started in 2012 under a different name. In 2013, which is where we're at in the story, and 2014 and 15, it sort of evolved into another business. Same, basically everything with the business, but another new name. And it was face, it was strength and conditioning facing. It was focused on that. But I wouldn't have been able to continue that business. It would have died. I wouldn't have been able to continue that business if the mentor I had, the coach that I was alongside, had motivated me to turn what I was doing in the summertime with athletes into a business idea. Over the next five years, it grew tremendously. I was coaching throughout the year. My busiest times were in the summer, uh, but throughout the school year, after school, I would have a variety of sports that I would work with. And it was probably the best job that I've ever had. And it was fulfilling because I was serving others on a daily basis. I still hadn't made the connection with Christianity, but I was doing something that was God honoring, even if I didn't feel like I was reporting to God at that point in time. In college, I went on to my master's and had a lot of mental health issues come up during my master's because I was still putting so much pride in what I did for a living, which at that time was graduate school, along with this coaching. And coaching was sort of my healthy escape. I graduated with my master's in 2017, began teaching thereafter. And as I've told you in previous stories, 
uh, around 2019 is where my life significantly changed. Um, I would say these events started as early as 2012, 2013, but the most significant step forth in my recognition as Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior was the summer of 2019 and then my baptism in the summer of 2020. Have you gone through a similar experience? Has something from the story that I've just told you resonated with your current position? Well, if it has, I want to be there to guide you. I want to be there to help you. Because I've made every mistake in the book along the way. I've done some things that I would not recommend you repeat. And I've done some things that have worked out quite well for me. My focus is biblical because of this experience even though in the midst of the story, it's not readily obvious. The next part of the verse that I'd like to focus on is if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. This reminds me of Philippians 4.13. I asked the question, who can fail if supported by God? And Philippians 4.13 is one of the most famous uh, biblical quotes there is, along with John 3.16. If you're a college football fan like me, you probably remember Tim Tebow having both of these verses on his uh, under-eye patches for game day. In Philippians 4.13 reads, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Certainly you've heard of that one before. But the question remains, who can fail if they're supported by God? If you identify your calling as a biblical calling, if you identify your calling as something that's supported by Jesus, how can you fail? So the question then become, becomes, how do you identify that calling? And the answer is going to be different person to person as far as the minutia, as far as the specifics. But it begins and ends with God. It begins and ends with recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We would love to dive into the weeds on the specifics with you. And we do that through our coaching, Discipleship Conditioning. If you're interested, go to the website and check that out. We do this through a teaching perspective. Again, I've referenced Ephesians 4.11 before. We are the last job title, the last calling, if you will. We are teachers. A little bit more specifically, me than my wife, but we're both teachers. I have been a teacher professionally since 2012 when I started coaching and 2017 when I became a college professor. Have you ever had a job that's just easy, that's natural? Odds are, if you pray into that, you're probably beginning to identify your biblical calling. I was a good telecommunications technician, but being a professor for me is easier than that position because I love it. And it's a service-oriented position where I'm serving students just like in my coaching. It fuels me and it perpetually fuels me because I'm doing it as a service to our Heavenly Father. So think about these things as you're analyzing what your calling is. 
You may be contemplating a jump in job. You may be contemplating a drastic career change. I work with uh, aspiring nurses, oftentimes who have come from very different backgrounds because they made the same mistakes that I did. They put their faith, they put their purpose in a previous employment that gave them nothing back. So if you're in that position, how can you stop that? And how can you find a position that aligns with what God wants for you? And what you'll find is if you ask that question first, you identify what your biblical calling is, you're going to have joy in it. If you ask the question the other way around, what do I want to do? You run the risk of disappointment because it wasn't what God wanted you to do. Everything we do here at Ararat Physiology is because we feel called to do it. The moment we feel called to stop, we will stop. If that happens with this podcast, if it happens with coaching, if it happens with programs, regardless, our life is 100% turned over to God. We will eliminate whatever it is, even if it's the business entirely. You have to operate that way on a day-to-day basis. Long gone are the days of working for an organization for 30, 40, 50 years, retiring with a pension, and having all this employer loyalty. That telecommunications position that I had, I witnessed a guy being fired after 20 years of service. What did he have to fall back on? A high school diploma. He was in trouble, big time. He couldn't find anywhere that paid him what he'd made over 20 years of service. But he was expendable. And as a business, he was looked at as something that was too expensive. Right now, we're in the midst of free agency with football. You see this with players all the time. He's too old, too expensive. Let's get rid of him. He's just an item. Let's just lose him, bring somebody else in. And we think that's fine if we're the person that's being brought in. But what I saw was an opportunity for me to spend 20 years with an organization and just be dropped on my head. Like it was nothing. So I needed to have some sort of collegiate degree. I needed to have some sort of pathway to protect myself, but also work towards what God had saved for me, the plan he had for me. If you feel like you're lost and you've spent too much time and it's too hard to switch positions at this time, I was 27 when I went back to school. Most of my classes at that time were with 17, 18, and 19-year-olds. That was a humbling experience. But I recognized that I can either say that I'm 27 and I'm too old to go back to school and live the next however many years of my life regretting that decision, or I could say, I only have one life to live here on earth. I need to make the best of it. And I think even an atheist can, uh, can... Uh, respect that. An atheist can resonate with that. We only had one life here on earth. How am I going to use it? I don't want to be on my deathbed telling my wife, telling my children, telling my grandchildren what I wish I had done. And 10, 11 years later, we are well on our way of taking risks and trying things 
and doing things that we want to find answers to based on what God has provided for us. There is no 100% certainty that Ararat physiology is going to be a success, at least in the way we define success in America. But I know it'll be a success in how God defines success because I know it will bear fruit and I know it will change people's lives. How can you find your error at physiology? How can you find your biblical calling? The last part of the verse that I'd like to focus on is an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Just because we utilize things of this world in our temporary stay doesn't mean we value them. We must recognize that this earth is in fact a temporary stay. It's not our permanent home. Read Revelation. This is not our home. Many things we do are going to be pressed against. Many decisions we make are not going to be supported. But what matters is if God supports your decisions or not. And the more you dive into his word, the more obvious it becomes whether you're following his path or not. As with all shows, I'd like to conclude with what I do when a decision is to be made. I did this with the business. I've done this with jobs. I've done this with many things. Granted, I've only been applying it for a little over a year since my dear friend in men's group informed me about it, but it's been an application since then, and I highly recommend that you apply it to your life as well. So when a decision is to be made, as we always say, first pray, second, read God's word, third, seek wise counsel. We always specifically say that it matters the order. Pray to develop that intimate relationship with God. Confirm what you're feeling in prayer with scripture. Does it hold up? If so, seek wise counsel. Ask them if they will pray on this, if they will seek scripture. And when you reconvene, if their advice aligns with what you've felt in prayer and what you have read in scripture to be truth. Again, if you need prayer, reach out, prayer at erroratphysiology.com. If you need wise counsel or anything else, reach out at hello at erroratphysiology.com. We will conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.